So there's this, uh, this, this guy, and he goes to his uh, 25th high school reunion, and he runs into one of his, one of his math teachers. And the math teacher is actually the one that, that recognizes him. So the math teacher comes up to him and, and says, I'm, I'm sure you don't, you don't know who I, who I am, but I, I taught, you, taught you math. And the guy says, yeah, I know who you are. You're, you're Jerry Teal. You teach algebra. Mr. Teal responds, and he says, Wow! That is absolutely amazing that you can remember that. Tell me what else you remember. The guy responds and he says, I remember that x to the fifth power times x to the fifth power is x to the tenth power. Because in algebra, you don't multiply exponents, you add them. Mr. Teal's amazed. He says, that's absolutely incredible. The guy says, yeah. Do you know what else is even more incredible? That is the first time that I've been able to use that information <laughs> since you taught it to me 25 years ago. Uh, Jerry Teal was actually my, uh, uh, my algebra teacher uh, a little more than 25 years ago. Um, you, guys, you guys know me well enough. You know that, you know that I don't like cats. And you know that I don't do math. I could probably do math a little bit, le- bit, a little bit better if I cared, right? And I know, I know some, some of you teach algebra. I want to ask you to raise your hands. I don't want to shame you like that. But I know some of you probably, some of you teach algebra. And I, I know there's a point to algebra. I just haven't figured it out yet. My point is this. For the next three weeks, this is going to be our, this is going to be our theme. This is what we're going to focus upon. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Saved by grace through faith. And my goal in all of this, not that it isn't always my goal, but my goal over the next three weeks is that this theme and this verse and these ideas, salvation, grace, and faith, that these ideas, these truths in Scripture would be so very foundational for us. That these three, three truths, that they would be uh, those things that are applicable. That, that we can think to ourselves, I, I understand how that relates to me. I can put that to use. That helps me to better understand what it is that God has done in Jesus. And I can better understand now what God is doing in Jesus. And so whether or not, whether or not you've been a Christian for, for decades... Tuesday is August 13th. Now, I don't know if August 13th means anything to you, but it means something to me because Tuesday, I will be a Christian for 30 years. And so every, every August 13th is significant to me because 30 years ago Tuesday, it was actually a Sunday then, but 30 years ago this Tuesday, uh, I walked the aisle and I was baptized into Christ. Whether you have been a Christian for, for decades, or maybe you've yet to make that decision, my hope is that these three messages would be those which would be so very applicable for us, incredibly valuable to us, and helpful for us, formative, as formative as possible to hearts that are open to the gospel of Christ. 
The word gospel, the word gospel means good news. It's not good advice. It's good news. And it's good news that is to be shared. It's good news that is to be announced. It's good news that is to be proclaimed. And it's also good news that is to be received. It's good news to the world that's first and foremost good news to us. It's the good news, the gospel of Jesus, that saves and transforms and redeems and renews. And it's foundational for who we are, to who we are as Christians. So this morning we're going to begin by simply looking at our our primary passage Ephesians 2, verse 8, but looking at it in context. So if you want to turn there with me, you, you can, or if you, the words will be on the, on the screen. But I want for us to begin here in Ephesians chapter 2 so that we might have a better idea of where God, through the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, where he's coming from. So let me begin reading in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 2. The subheading that, subheading that I have have here is made alive in Christ. The Apostle Paul, inspired by the Spirit, he writes these words for the church then, and he writes these words for the church today. He says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the Spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, He made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ, and He seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages, that He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. God's Word says, declares to us, that we are toast without the gospel. Now, I realize that's the RJV, that's the revised Jason version. But whenever you take those verses and boil them down to their most simplest of ideas communicated, you're toast without gospel, which is maybe a little bit of a pun, but not funny when you think about the eternity that we either will spend either with God or separated from God. Dead in our sins unsaved now the opportunity for salvation is there but if you've yet to respond to the truth of the gospel and you know what the truth of the gospel is now that's a very important thing to to consider how can i respond to something that i don't understand but if you've yet to respond to the truth of the gospel and you know what the truth of the gospel is then you do not belong to God. And if you don't belong to God, 
then you're outside of Christ. And you stand condemned. If you're not in Christ, you are not saved. I don't know how else to put that. If you know what the gospel is, and realize what the gospel requires of you, and yet you have not accepted the good news of Christ, then it is bad news for you. But Paul's tone here is transformed. Because the Apostle Paul, he's writing to a saved people. He's writing to the saints at Ephesus. He's writing to those who have been saved. Paul is not writing to convert anyone in these words. He's writing to converted people, calling them to live converted lives. Paul is writing to the saints. Your version may read the holy ones in Ephesus, those who have been made holy through the gospel of Christ. He's writing to Christians and he says, your reality changes when the truth of God The truth of the God who loves you so very much. So much so that he sent Jesus to die on your behalf. You who were once dead. That the God who resurrected Jesus, he resurrects you through the gospel because... He is a God of grace whose grace is demonstrated no more clearly than in the kindness revealed in Jesus. If I'm speaking truth here, say amen. This is what we believe. This is what we know to be true. Of course, the name Jesus means God saves. Look with me, if you will, at verses 8 through 10. The apostle, he writes, guided by the Spirit of God, he says, For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. This is not something you can accomplish on your own, no matter how hard you try. This is the gift of God. It's, It's God's gift to you. You have to receive the gift that is offered, the gift that is extended to you, but it's God's gift. It's the gift of God, verse 9, and not by works so that no one can boast. We look at Ephesians chapter 2 and the Apostle Paul twice within these few verses he has said you are saved by grace through faith. And then here in verses 8 through 10 he talks about how this is not from This is not from you. This is not from yourselves. This is the gift of God. This is not from works. This is not from some sort of way that you can earn or merit what God has given you. You're saved by grace through faith, not from works. It's the gift of God. And maybe sometimes we struggle a little bit in in, in understanding Ephesians chapter 2 as it stands against James chapter 2. Where James says, you say that you believe big whoop de doo doo da That's, again, the, the revised Jason version. James says, you say that you believe, I want to see it. I want to see what it looks like. You say that you believe, 
even the demons believe, do we think that they're saved? And at first, those two ideas, Ephesians chapter 2 and James chapter 2, might seem to be in conflict with one another. But, but Paul is talking about, as we come to Christ, we're saved by grace through faith. This is not from ourselves, this is the gift of God. God offers the gift, we, extend, we, we receive the gift that He extends to us. And James, in James chapter 2, he's talking about after we're saved, not before we're saved. He's talking about after we're saved. And he says, after salvation, do something that our belief will be revealed in our faith. Because faith is our belief in action. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Verse 10, for we are God's handiwork. We're God's creation. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Whether talking about the the recent events across our, our, our country, or even considering the struggle of humanity around the world, that perhaps we're sometimes more aware of? Sometimes we ask the question, why is there evil in this world? Don't we ask that question? Why is there evil in this world? Have have you ever paused to think about Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, Genesis 1, God creates, everything's good, everything's good, everything's good. Genesis chapter 2, everything's good, He creates man, everything's very good. We would argue with that, but that's what Scripture says. And then all of a sudden, Genesis chapter 3. Satan's in the garden. What's he doing there? You ever thought about that? I mean, we just kind of take it for granted. Well, I've read Scripture and I know this to be true and Satan's there. Why is he there? He forces our hand. And sometimes we ask the question, genuinely so, why is there evil in this world? And the answer is because Satan has been allowed Temporary reign in this temporary world. But there's a time that's coming when that's going to be no more. Praise God for that. Sometimes we ask the question, I mean, we we think, well, the, the world is so messed up. It's been messed up since then, since Genesis 3. It's been equally as messed up since Genesis chapter 3. And sometimes we ask the question, why is there evil in this world? And it's a good question, but I think there's a better question. Maybe it's a question that we don't think about very often. Why is there any good in this world? Think about that. Why is there any any good in this world? Why is there any good in us? And there's only one answer. The answer is God. The Father, Son, and Spirit. Because if you see any good in us, it's not us. It's Christ in us. The hope of glory. Stick with me. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, 
which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. This is the gift of God. Saved by grace through faith. And especially this concept and this truth of salvation. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to dive deeper into the truths of grace and faith. But first, salvation. We are saved by grace through faith. And this, this is not from us. This is the gift of God. What is? Salvation is. Salvation is the gift of God. It's God's gift to us. It is His gift to us that's so very costly to Him. But God being God, God being God who cannot be contrary to Himself, He provides an avenue for us out of the predicament that we've gotten ourselves into. And that's why it's called good news. Let me pause and tell you a story. Our oldest son, uh, Mason, and our daughter-in-law, Mackenzie, they have uh, a Great Dane puppy. Go ahead and go to the next slide. I, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I asked them... Uh, uh, if I could share what I'm about to share you, this, this, share with you this story uh, in a conversation I had with Mason, our, our oldest. And uh, he texts me back and he says, yeah, you can share it. And then about an hour later, he texts me again. He says, Mackenzie says you can only share the story if you use this picture. And so this is a picture. This is actually a picture of, of Tex. He's a great Dane. Um, this, was, this was back like at spring break when they were going on a, on a camping trip. And so he's even bigger than this, uh, this now. Uh, he's a huge puppy, but he, a puppy, but he continues to get like even more huge. If you've had a great day and you know how big these, these things are. And so Tex, he's got all of these cute little spots. He's got one brown and one blue eye. He's got all of this paperwork and he's got all of this pedigree and he's got, he's got his own little chip under his skin and he's got this special dog food and he's got all of this stuff and and Mason and Mary Mack is what I call my daughter-in-law Mason and Mackenzie they they love text right I mean which is great I'm ready for grandkids but they love text right and as far as dogs are concerned I mean text is all right I'm, I'm I'm much more of a dog person than I am a cat person even though it's not much of a horse race Two, week, two weekends ago, Tex develops this, this digestive tract issue, and, he, and it's over the weekend, and they take him to the vet because he's lethargic, and he's, he's like burning up hot whenever they're, they're, you know, they, they touch his skin, he's burning up hot, and they, they go to the vet on the weekend, uh, which is significant, if those of you who have taken vet dogs, I don't know why you take your cat to a vet, but anyway, taking animals to... to to a vet over the weekend, you know, it's, it's, it's extra, right? And so they take Tex to the vet, and he's got a hundred, almost 106, like 105.6 fever. He's got all these things going on, and so they just, they say to the vet, just whatever it takes. And so $700 later, Tex is all right. And so I'm talking to Mason the other day, and uh, he's like, we just we were willing to do whatever whatever it took. I said, Mason, seven hundred dollars. 
And he goes, yeah, but he's a $1,200 dog. I said, no, sir, he is not. He is a $1,900 dog, right? Now, not that you're a dog, although at times, maybe in our sin, we may feel that way, and rightly so. We are saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus. Salvation is the gift of God. And it is so very costly to God. And yet He loved us. Loves us. So much that He was willing to do what it cost in order to provide for us what we required. And that's salvation. But in order to be saved, we must first come to the conclusion that we need saving. The Bible uses the language of lost. We must recognize our lostness before we can ever be found. And then, once we do, we have to respond to God's plan of salvation in the gospel of Jesus. Our God is a God of salvation. It's who He is. It's what He does. Just look to the Bible from from Genesis to Maps. Our God is a God of salvation. God cannot be contrary to Himself. It's who God is. It's what He does. It's what He offers. But we have to respond to it. I think for for me, when I look to the Bible... uh, I find myself turning to the Psalms more and more. I think the... Maybe the, the older I get or the more I experience in life, the Psalms are, are, are such a source of strength and comfort for me, whereas maybe before they, they weren't so much. When you look just to the, to the Psalms, the psalmist will speak of God as the God of salvation time and time again. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my rock and my salvation. Over and over and over and over again. Our God is a God who saves. Isaiah as well, time and time again, Isaiah will say, God is my salvation. I will trust Him. I'll not be afraid. Salvation, Isaiah promises, salvation is on its way. And the the salvation that comes, it will be for everyone, and it will be for everybody, and it will be for all time. Of course, those statements from Isaiah are anticipating the gospel of Jesus. In the time of my favor, Isaiah will say, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. Referring to or speaking for God. The Apostle Paul will come along later and he'll build upon those words from Isaiah. And say, church, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Salvation is accomplished on our behalf through the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. That's what was read earlier out of those first two verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That God's God's purpose in Christ was to redeem and to save us through the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Gospel, 
Gospel is God providing the way by which we're saved. That's what gospel is. And that's why we call it good news. The gospel is God providing and offering salvation through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. The gospel is not about our getting it all together. It's good news because God's got it all together. God doesn't save us through the gospel in order to make bad people good. Sometimes we con ourselves into thinking that. God's purpose in Christ is not to make bad people good. God's purpose in Christ is to make dead people live. To resurrect us when we obey the gospel. The gospel is is not even about our getting our act cleaned up. Even though God, He cleanses us from our sins when we respond to God through Christ in our baptism as we submit to the Gospel. The Gospel is not about our getting our act cleaned up. The Gospel is about our getting woke up. We've just got to get woke. And we are only, only saved by the grace of God. Through faith in Jesus. We are only saved by the grace of God. Through faith in Jesus. I'm going to come back around to this over the next two weeks, but it it makes sense to share this now. Saved by grace through faith. Grace, grace is how God reaches to us. Faith is how we reach to God. We've got to recognize that we're lost before we can ever be found. But do we realize that we need saving? And the Bible is clear. If you're not in Christ, then you're not saved. Salvation only comes about through Jesus. For there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Well, Jason, what do I need to do? That's what I need. What do I need to do? My question is the most fundamental question of the Christian faith. Do you believe that Jesus is God's son? That's the question. That's the the baseline. If you do then His call upon your life is that you would choose Him just like He's chosen you. And that you'd be baptized into Christ. The Apostle Peter at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, that you would repent and be baptized. Repentance is not just acknowledging to God that we fail Him because surprise, God already knows. Repentance is turning away from sin and walking toward God. And Peter says we must repent and be baptized. Be, be immersed. See, you, you've, got to be, you've got to be buried before you can be resurrected. To be immersed into Christ. And it's, it's not only being immersed into water and being immersed into Christ. It's being immersed into a radically different way of life. 
so that God might resurrect us. The Apostle Peter, his message was simple. That you would repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins so that your sins would be washed away and so that you might receive the gift. God keeps giving these gifts. The gift of the Holy Spirit. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Baptism, baptism is an act of obedience. It's not a work. Contrary to what someone else may have told you. Baptism is an act of obedience. It is the work of God. Because salvation is the gift of God. And it's the gift that God grants to us. And it's our It's the God of our baptism that saves us. Do you believe that Jesus is God's Son? Folks, that is all that's required to be baptized into Christ. Is it that simple? Yes, it is is that simple. Because conversion and discipleship, those are two different things. Conversion is, is that crucial first step in obeying the gospel and submitting to God and being baptized into Christ, having your sins washed away, being resurrected to, to walk in newness of life. Conversion is taking that first step. Discipleship is every subsequent step. If you're not in Christ, you're not saved. And if we believe in the truth of heaven, then we also believe in the reality of hell. Now, I'm not the one that's determining who's in or out. And neither are you. But Jesus says there is only one way to the Father. And that's through Him. And we believe our Lord's words to be true. And so the call this morning from God's Word, is that if you've not been saved by grace through faith, if you've not responded to the Gospel of grace, if you've not repented and been baptized, being resurrected by God through Jesus, I ask that you come forward. I'll meet you as you do. As we stand, and as Tony leads us in song.